This is episode number 52 of Hebrews in Exile with Rabbi Robert B. Holman Jr. and Sean Appleton. And this is the second part of our appreciation for all of those Hebrews out there that have supported us over this past year. Yes, 52 podcasts, earmarks, 52 weeks of trying to minister to all of you Hebrews in exile. We'll continue where we left off from last week with questions and comments and all of that good stuff that we give you here on Hebrews in exile. So without further ado, Hebrews in exile, you know what we do. You finish it. Finish it. Let's go. Listen, friends, we are trying to bring to you scriptorial and historical truth that will set your soul and your spirit free. Mm-hmm. Now, with that being said, I received a comment from, we received a comment from from podcast number 44, uh, Yahweh is, God is not Yahweh's name. And uh, in that particular uh, podcast, so whoever was listening to it, a gentleman wrote us a very, a very nice comment. I, I take it, I take it, I take it to heart uh, because I can, I can hear the sincerity in which that he wrote this. He says Constantine was not the father of Christianity. He put a negative influence on our faith and has caused many heresies. We look back to Jesus and his teachings as well as his apostles. From that time on, Satan has done his best to kill our faith, even though the church itself, even through the church itself, but some of us remain true to our Christ Jesus. Then he, period. Then he makes a very a very nice statement. And I thank you for this particular statement. Yahweh bless you, dear brothers, to restore the Hebrews to his intentions. Mm. Now, the reason why I bring that up mm-hmm. before we get into mitzvot and things of that nature, please excuse me if we don't get into, into any tonight, but I, I, this is our, this is our, um, <laughs> this is our, our, our anniversary yeah. uh, podcast. And so I want to cover a few things. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reason why I get into that, there is a book that is written by the Reverend uh, Marvin M. Arnold, D.D. Uh, Th.D., and it's called Nicaea and the Nicene Council of A.D. 325. 325. Mm-hmm. You have to know who Constantine was and you have to know what his intent and what his purposes were in in doing what he did. So when a person says he's not the father of Christianity, before Constantine, Constantine was the ruler, the potentate, and the constable in the world at the time when all of the religious factions were in play, and there were many of them. Mm-hmm. And the, the the task of Constantine was to unite all of those religions that he was the governor or the potentate over to unite them into one house under one banner. This is written 
in this particular book that's called Nicaea. He formulated the Nicaea Council in order to bring all of the religious known factions that he was in control of in the world together under one house. And he posed to them to these, he, he, brought, he brought about a snod of bishops uh, of which not one of those bishops was a Hebrew uh a Hebrew of Israel because Israel Israel doesn't have bishops. That's right. That's Israel, very true. Israel doesn't have bishops. Israel doesn't have pastors. Have cardinals. Israel doesn't have superintendents. <laughs> Israel doesn't have cardinals. Israel doesn't have Israel doesn't have deacons. Israel has Levites and Kohanim. Correct. That's all we have. Mm-hmm. Levites and Kohanim, and we have uh, Haggadol Kohanim, the high priest. The high priest. Yes, so correct. We only have those. We don't have. We don't have any of that stuff that's written over in across the street. Uh, <laughs> that if you want to be, um, you know. Matter of fact, if I get to it tonight, we're getting to it tonight and over there in Timothy, uh, where Old they start Pastor Timothy, where they start ordaining bishops and deacons and elders and pastors, and we don't have that over here in Israel. Mm-hmm. So Constantine brought a, brought about a snod of all his bishops, and he gave them a challenge. He sent them away to come up with a name for this new religion. And he put together. He put together uh, all the names of uh, of um, of Krishna, the Eastern Sun God, and many others to come up. He sent them away to do that. They came back. They didn't. They came back not giving him anything. So since they didn't give him anything, he put together this 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 idea of combining all the religions under one under one house out of which came the idea of this Christian uh, theology that has been spurred on by the Greeks and the Romans so this this religion that Constantine has put together has no, it absolutely has no spiritual from the most high credence or foundation in the Hebrew scripture. So you, you we just take it, you know, for all the layman's in the room, because woo, that's that's really a, a, a excellent explanation. So political move. Yeah, that was, it was it's, it's it's completely political. And there's no there's no basically at the end of the day, what we can honestly say is that this religion of Christianity was created. It has no it wasn't ordained by the Most High at all. It's something that you can easily trace back and do your research on and say this is when Christianity began. Yeah, and you remember there is a mitzvah in. Um, in um, Exodus chapter 20 mm-hmm. that says you are not to have any other Elohim beside me. You're not to worship, not to worship the elements in the heavens or the things in the earth and Aren't so forth and so on the mm-hmm. sea. Well, the thing is you, you want, if you've ever wondered or asked the question, how do we get from Sabbath to Sunday? We got from Sabbath to Sunday because Christianity under the guise and the leadership of Constantine, Constantine was a sun worshiper. 
Right. So so the foundation of Christianity worshiping on the first day of the week mm-hmm. is is part of the root foundation of establishing this Christian uh, religion that thinks that the first day of the week is the Sabbath. Your math is off. Right. You've been it's been shifted. So the so we can honestly say that the father of of Christianity or one of the fathers of Christianity is Constantine. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, and and with that, I'm giving you you listen, listen, listen to your ones. Listen, you can go online and you can read about Constantine and the Nicaea Council. The historical information is there. You can go online to Amazon. You can look for this book that's called Nicaea and the Nicene Council of AD 325 by Reverend Marvin M. Arnold, uh, DDTHD. You can find that book. And in that book, there is a plethora of knowledge of what took place at the Nicaea Council. Now, see what you just did? You know that movie, The Matrix? You just said... You can either take the blue pill or you can either take the red pill. And you just did it in a book. And it even explains it even explains how the Trinity came into play. Aha. Uh-huh. The Trinity came into play by an individual whom Constantine and his orders described as a despicable man. Mm. But he brought them a formula that matriculated into this triune uh, this triune or this trinity that exists within Christianity so I mean that's the history Whew. so when you tell me that Constantine uh, was not the father of Christianity yeah. well you gotta go you gotta go do your study and you've gotta you've gotta you've gotta come up with with, with something uh, with some with some information that can con- that can will contradict uh, history now that being said, let's talk a little bit about what's taken place as we as we get down into where we're trying to go. In Hebrews chapter 7, verses 11 through 14, in that particular writing, the Greeks have defined for us categorically and they have stated categorically that they are formulating a new religion emphatically emphatically just just put it right in your face to say listen it would be the same as me saying you know what to to let me put it in layman's terms for today it would be like me coming to you for those of you to prescribe to christianity and saying we are going to start another religion it's based off of Christianity and we're going to establish a whole new set of rules now you'd have the fundamentalists jumping up talking about oh my goodness what blasphemy are you talking about Yeah, that's exactly what the New Testament establishes is that we understand that the Hebrew text is here Yes, but we are going to deliberately create something new. And I'm I'm going to read it. I'm going to read it to you. I'm going to read it to you. Now, as I read it to you, there is a 
mitzvah. <laughs> right. There is a commandment. Mm -hmm. In Devarim, which is Deuteronomy, chapter 13, verse 1, or if you're reading from the Greek-inspired Bibles, it starts in 12, uh, the last verse of chapter 12. Mm -hmm. It says... Chapter 12. Mm -hmm. It says these words. If a prophet or a dreamer comes to you and persuades you to follow another Elohim, and even if his prophecy comes true and he persuades you to follow other Elohim, you are not to do it. But the opening verse part of that, which I missed, is you are not to add to nor oh, you subtract from it. Mm -hmm. these words which I'm giving you today. That's a mitzvah. Right. That's a commandment. Mm -hmm. You Hebrew Israel, listen, listen to me. You nations can do, in, the Greeks and the Romans can do anything they want to do. But you Hebrew people, you are not to add to, you are not to subtract from any word thing that I've given you. Right. And if that prophet or that dreamer comes to you and leads you away, he says, he says, I am testing you to see whether or not you love your Elohim. And that dreamer or prophet is to be put, put to, to death. death. So now that answers a question. Promptly. That answers a question about what happened to your Jesus Christ. He did not die on the cross for your sins. Because the Hebrew text tells us mm -hmm. that there is no individual who can die for your sins. The Most High said, every individual who sins must be accountable for his own sins. That's written in Scripture. Right. You make an atonement for what, you, for what you so did. So when Pilate came out mm -hmm. and he washed his hands and he spoke back to the crowd and he said to them, do to him according to your law. Right. The law, their law said that he had to, to be put to, to death. death. Right. So because they were under they were under the governance of Roman of Roman law, they could not take him out, as the text says, and stone him to death. Mm -hmm. Under Roman law, they had to hang him. Mm -hmm. Just like here in America, we can't if somebody if somebody does something to us that's worthy of the death penalty mm -hmm. under our Hebrew law, mm -hmm. that individual could be stoned to death. Right. But since we're in this exile that we're in, we can't just go out under our law and stone somebody. We have to it has to be dealt with within the governance of the nation that we happen to be in. That's correct. And and the mitzvah, the mitzvah says in our in, in our governance as well as the United States government, which they borrowed from us, that no one can put be put to death without the validation of two or three, three witnesses. witnesses. Yeah, absolutely. That's a mitzvah. That's a commandment. Plain, plain. You're making it too plain now. Yeah. Now, so let's get back to this new governance in Hebrews chapter seven, verse four, verses eleven to fourteen. Let's read it. Therefore, if it had been possible to reach the goal through the system of coining derived from Levi, or Levi, since it 
in connection with it, people were given the Torah. Listen, listen to this. Listen to this. If it were possible to reach the goal through the system of Kohanim derived from Levi, since in connection with it, the people were given the Torah, what need would there have been for another different kind of Kohanim, the one spoken of as to be compared with Melech Sadiq and not be compared with Aharon? Well, now, now we're trying to now we're trying to establish we're trying to establish right there that there, we're coming with a new system. Mm-hmm. For if the system of Kornim is transformed, there must of necessity occur a transformation of Torah or a changing of Torah. Now, we already have a mitzvah that says you shall not add to nor should you take, take away from. The one about whom these things are said belongs to another tribe. Oh. Mm. Hmm. Oh. So Aharon belongs to a different tribe than the one to whom we're getting ready to talk about. That's correct. For which no one has ever served at the altar, for everyone knows that our Lord arose out of Yehuda. Yehuda does not come out of the tribe, out of the out of, out of the tribe of Levite from which the Aharonic priesthood comes from. And that listen to this, listen to this, and it's right there. And that Mashe Moses said nothing about this tribe when he spoke about Kornim. Well, no, he didn't say anything. <laughs> That's right. That tribe is that tribe is not associated with the Aaronic priesthood. It's not a. It's not associated with Aaron. It's not associated with the tribe of Levi. Right. And when you, so Mashe yeah. would not have a need to speak about anybody coming out of Judah. Now, here's what Judah is supposed to do. Well, that's that's where I was getting ready to go is that every one of these tribes has a, has a job to every do. Every one of the tribes has a has a, has a task. Mhm. You sing in the church, send Judah first. Why right. do you send Judah first? Because Judah is the tribe that brings tr- brings praise. Mhm. Judah marched out in front of Israel when Israel was going to battle to bring the ambience of worship and to bring the ambience of praise into the battle to to bring the most high into the forefront so that their battle could be could be won. Mm-hmm. That's what Judah does. That's right. So if Jesus Christ is from the tribe of Judah, he should have at least been bringing praise. That's right. That's true. Mm. So at now, least. so now, so now, in Hebrews seven, they're telling you right here in seven, in the chapter seven, they're telling you that we are going to start a new religion because the one that was spoken by Mashe and 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 the leadership of the priesthood by Levi of the out of the Aaronic priesthood that one did not bring us to the goal. So what? So listen carefully now. Listen carefully. What they're saying to you is that the Most High was ineffective. Right. Wait. 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 Listen. If the Most High was ineffective. And this is supposed to be his son. Right. 
What does that make him? Can, and, 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 and we got to go back to the text. Can can um, can a servant be greater than his master? Mm-mm. So no. if you're telling me that the Most High who gave Israel, Mashe, Belivium, and Aharon, and the priesthood was ineffective and didn't bring it to the goal, you're telling me that the Most High in giving us Torah was ineffective. You're telling me that the Most High, the absolute all-existent one, the mighty one, was ineffective in what he did. Is that possible? No. I don't mean to yell tonight. I I, I told myself I wasn't going to do that. <laughs> but, I mean, it's a good point because, I mean, it, it, it points out a hypocrisy and a contradiction that's over there because you're cherry-picking some of your, your, your commandments that you, quote-unquote, abide by. You don't get them anywhere else because the New Testament is not specific enough to tell you where these mitzvots are coming, these commandments are coming from. They come out of the Hebrew text. So it's the same text that you're saying over in Timothy 7 that, or I'm sorry, I apologize, you're saying over in Hebrews 7 that are weak and ineffective. So why even bother if, ask your leader this who is uh, presiding over you, how do we reconcile this dichotomy? That the same scriptures that we are pulling from, that we are supposed to be governing ourselves by, is the same scriptures that or same commandments that are over in Hebrews chapter 7 that we're saying are weak and ineffective because they come out of the Mosaic law. Yeah. So how do you reconcile that? Yeah, you can't. I mean, you can't. You can't. <laughs> you can't. You can't. So, I mean, you know, I'm kind of I'm kind of fired up. I'm kind of fired up about this because, because after being around, I was born in the church, uh, and I've seen the good, the bad, the ugly, and the worst. I've heard some very good teachers, mm-hmm. but when I think back over my life and the things that I've heard, I haven't heard anything like what the Most High is pouring into us to present to you at this particular point in time. And there's a reason for oh, this. Oh yes, there's a reason for this. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> You and I are part of the prophecy of the book of Daniel. What was the prophecy of Daniel? What did the Most High tell Daniel? He told Daniel, he says, the things that I'm telling you, I want you to shut them up in the book. And I want them to stay there until an appointed time. Mm -hmm. When that appointed time comes, then the books will be open. Right. You and I happen to be living in the fruition of the book of Daniel and the books being open. Correct. The knowledge that our fathers had and our forefathers had, that information was shut up in the books. Mm-hmm. They didn't have it. They studied from the same Greek seminary that your pastors and whoever are leading you 
uh, studied from. And many of the people that are pastoring churches are offspring from other churches and offspring from other churches. And a lot of them didn't even go to a seminary to study. They're just regurgitating what they said and they happen to have the ability to have good oratory. They can scream loud, holler loud, and make a point mm-hmm. and, 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 and raise the temperature of a crowd. That's not what scripture is supposed to be about. Scripture is supposed to be about something that teaches you, that gives you joy, makes you happy, restores the soul, mm. brings you out of darkness, brings you to light. Mm-hmm. It's better than silver and gold, as mm. I said in a prior podcast in scripture. Mm-hmm. So, so here we are, here we are in a, in a narrative and in a theology that is not even designed for you. Right. Hebrews, he, you Hebrew people, <laughs> that theology is not designed for you. It's designed for Greece and Rome from whom have borrowed and cut and paste out of our Hebrew text and smathered it through their through their theological uh, uh, um, uh, um, document to make you believe that it's something when it's not. Right. It's like it's like I don't know if you've ever watched Penn and Teller. Yeah, the two uh, the 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 comedian the, magi- the magicians. magicians. Yeah, it's, it's the Greek sleight of hand mm-hmm. to trick you into believing something that's not true. And I would go so far as to say that even without, if you took the if you took the Hebrewness out of the New Testament, it wouldn't be valid. You would you would have no text. You have no text because the only thing that's supporting it is, like you said, these little bits and pieces that have been borrowed over there to give it its validity. Yeah. And without that validity, it's just another Greek mythological myth, mythological, mythological story. story. Right. 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 So <clears throat> I wanted to make these points to you. I if we didn't get into a lot of mitzvot tonight, we, we, we gave a couple. But this historical foundation and the things that we've shared with you tonight are true. They're validatable. You can validate them. Um, you can you can you can study it and read it for yourself. Let me close with these words. You cannot study scripture and Shaul defines what scripture is. Right. And when Shaul describes what scripture is, he's not talking about anything that's in that Greek document. It's correct. He's talking about everything that's on the other side. That's the Hebrew text. Mm-hmm. All scripture is Yah breathed, mm-hmm. valuable for correction and, 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 and teaching and right living. He's talking about the information that is in our Hebrew text. Correct. So let me say this to you. It is centrally important that Hebrew people understand what belongs to them and what belongs to another nation. Mm. Quintessential. That's key. It's very important. Your life depends on it. Your health depends on it. Your sobriety depends on it. And your happiness depends on it because truth happens to matter. Mm -hmm. Until next time, this has been Rabbi Robert B. Homan Jr. And Sean Appleton. And this has been 
Hebrews in Exile. Shalom. Shalom.